Welcome to Orfini. This is Saratova Best. We are in Shvat, and we are learning about the name Chayamushka. Because what we want to know is how two different energies can come together. It applies to our lives a, a million percent. You know, a vision and a practicality and, and, and many different opposites that come together in our lives. So, we want to see how all of that comes together through the name Chaim Mushka, the Rebison of Chateshvat. He says, focus is on Chateshvat. So, Chaya, the name Chaim Mushka. There are five levels of the soul. Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama, Chaya, Yechidesh. Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama are the three levels of the soul that are invested in the physical body. And then there are two parts of the soul the Chayim Yechida, that kind of hover outside of the person's everyday life, outside of the body. So Chaya, it goes on the Chayat of the Neshama, as, um, and in Chayat, there are two levels. There's a specific Chayat, the light of the Neshama, which comes into a Pneumistic way in the um, one second, in the inner kaifas. And then there's the general kaifas, which is the makif, which is, one comes into the everyday life, into the body, and then there's a higher one, which is higher than what's called the flapsus, in the, in the body. So that means we have a part of our neshama that will enclose itself in our daily life, in our physical being. And then we have a part of our neshama that's stays above that, hovers above that. It's called, in a way, it's called makif. Um, and how do we see that it expresses itself? In the kaychas makifim, the external kaychas, which is rasen and tiny. So, these two are in, embedded in those two names. The hinted at in the two names, chaya and mushka. Chaya mostly denotes the Chayat Pnimi, the, the, the inner Chayat, which an, animates the body in a way to Slapshus Pnimi, meaning the soul will come in and animate the physical body of a, of a, of a Jew and be, invest itself in a very deep inner way in his, in his life, in his physical life, in his actual physical being. That's that's the name Chaya denotes that part of you. As you are, as your soul is there activating your everyday, your life. Your, your life in your physical body. And then the name Mushka. Mushka is a type of scent. One of the 11 Besamen, the 11 ingredients of the Besamen. And we say on it, Barimine Besamen. And according to many opinions, it's one of, as we said, one of the 11 ingredients of the Katyrus. Remember that we've been speaking about 11. That's a, that's a whole other issue. Maybe we'll get to it afterwards. But Mushka is mar, myrrh. This is one of the opinions that Mushka means myrrh, one of the 11 ingredients of the Bessamim. What are Bessamim all about? Well, you don't hold Bessamim, you don't eat them, you don't drink them, but you smell them. So when you have a scent that you can smell, one of the things is that it, it flies away. 
It's not moving down. It actually moves up and away. You open up a bottle of perfume, you don't drink it. The scent of the perfume is very strong at first, and then it just kind of floats away, up, in, up, up, up into the atmosphere. And it kind of flies away eventually. That's like the part of the neshama that's called makif, the part of the soul that's outside of ourselves, that sort of hovers outside of our physical physicality, outside of our body and outside of our everyday life. And it, it's kind of out there, up there. And sense is a type of makif, something external, something that hovers out, you know, above you. It's not like food that you taste and it goes into you and becomes part of you. The scent of something doesn't so actively become part of you. Okay, how would, you know, what about essential oils and all of that? But still, the scent of something is, it tends to go away, disperse, evaporate. It doesn't go inward into you. It goes outward. So, um, and one of the things about scent, though, it's meshivas and nefesh. It, it, um, um, it kind of restores your nefesh. And that's why we say bar b'samim on Latte Shabbos. Latte Shabbos, when we feel that our neshama, is, our second neshama is leaving, and it leaves us with a great emptiness, we, we take something that's kind of life-saving, which is the scent of b'samim. So although it kind of wafts away eventually, but at the moment when we open it up and open the bottle and it's powerful, it kind of brings us back into ourselves. And and um, why do we want to do it Matzah Shabbos? As we said, because the second neshama goes out, goes away, and we want to just, you know, reground ourselves, bring ourselves kind of back into life, you know, kind of we feel like part of our life is just kind of leaving. And, and who are we now? You know, in a sense, we come to after Shabbos and, our second neshama leaves and who are we now? And just this, leaves us with a kind of a weird feeling. And so we kind of re, and if we, you know, bring ourselves back into beinghood with this scent, because it's nature that's nefesh. Because scent, which reaches the makif of the neshama, the soul, has the ability to bring a new chayas into the body. So that's interesting. So that means that Matzah Shabbos, when part of our chayas leaves our body, and it gets a little disconcerting, let's call it, a new chayas is brought into the body, which takes the place of the one that's leaving. It's obviously the chayas that pertains to the week to come, which is bringing a whole brand new energy and a whole new set of opportunities. And the neshama actually, and so we do it with the scent of the summon. And the soul enjoys the scent. It derives a lot of benefits from the scent. So now we're saying the name Mushka, Musk, Mar, denotes all of that that we just said. The part of the soul, the part of the neshama that's like the scent that's kind of outside of our everyday reality. So now when we put those two names together, those two words together, those two energies together, something that's, something that's up there outside of your everyday life, outside of your body, and it's coming together with, a, that's the part of your soul hovering, 
outside of, above your body, and then the part of your soul that's within your body, within your everyday life, put the two together, very interesting. What's the advantage of each one of them? Well, clearly the part of the soul that's higher than your body and higher than your everyday life enables you to dream about, picture, imagine, strive towards, etc., things that are bigger than your everyday reality. I actually, let's say, I'll take myself as, as an example. I don't know how to play violin, and I could say that at my age, I'm probably not going to become one of the top violinists in the world. Even if I learn to play a few simple tunes on a violin. That my everyday reality says it's too late to really learn violin and become really excellent at it. That's that's where do I get that feeling? From the part of my neshama that's inside of my everyday life, my body that says, Come on. Come on, look at your limitations. Look at come on. Yeah, okay, try to pay for a few old violin lessons. You squeak out maybe a tune or two, but, you know, come on. And that's the Chaya part of me. The Mushka part of me is the part of my neshama that hovers outside of my body. It doesn't know about these limitations. It's not in my everyday life. It's above my everyday life. So that part of my soul will hear a violin and say, I'd love to play violin. It doesn't know that I can't play violin. Just like Lahabdil, the Wright brothers didn't know, somebody forgot to tell them, that you can't fly a plane. You can't fly such an object in the air and it won't stay flying. They didn't know. They didn't really, supposedly, they didn't study the the laws of um, aerodynamics well enough to know that it wasn't going to work. So it worked. They, they, they just didn't know the, the, the nasty reality that it can't work. They thought it could work from that part of, let's say, their soul outside of their body that didn't know about the limitations. So that part of outside of my body, the makis part, the mushka part, that doesn't know that it's too late for me to learn violin, it thinks that it can. And it dreams and visualizes and and desires and it experiences rustin and tiny a, a, a desire and even can picture the pleasure of playing violin and all that stuff. And there are people like me who do learn at this stage of life to play violin in the most unbelievable way because they don't know because which part of themselves are they trusting? The mushka part or the chaya part? They're trusting the mushka part. They didn't know the limitations of the chaya part. So when um, we said chaya goes on nefesh ruch neshama, we said the part inside your body. And mushka, the scent, goes on yechida, chaya yechida, the makis, the one that transcends you. You could say chaya goes on um, the Chaya of the Neshama. Chaya means, the name Chaya means the Chaya of the Neshama. What does that mean? It's called Makita Karav Elatmini. It's called sort of like the potential in you, the soul part in you, that can become one with you. You know, it can become, it can become your everyday life, let's say. Mushka is the Yechida, the Makit to Makit the soul of the soul, you know, that vision up there. 
to the extent of the Etham and Nefesh higher than the five names that it's called. And there, when you're hovering above the, the person's everyday reality, then the scent brings down a new chayis and a new pleasure and a new tainug and a new delight in the nefesh. So, again, so what does that mean in practical terms? That means that when I'm operating on the level of mushka and I'm picturing and enjoying the vision of me playing violin in, you know, tune after tune and it's delightful music, it's not just that it gives me a break from the hard, cold, cold reality of who I really am and I'm just not willing to face it. Those are the cynical people who say, like, let's face reality. People who say let's face reality, they mean the higher part of you is the real part. And the rest is some kind of a dream that little kids have. But the Rebbe doesn't say that. The Rebbe says the higher part is a real reality and the mushka part is a real reality. What's the good thing about the higher part, the part of your soul that's in your body? It does keep you grounded. Right? It, it, it keeps you grounded to, you know, some kind of basic reality about yourself. What's a good part of a, but it, but it doesn't let you dream too much. What's a good part about the mushka part? It lets you dream a lot. And even ex- experience the pleasure of the dream. And dream way beyond your everyday reality. It's not so grounded. You know, you're off dreaming. But what's the real advantage of it? When you allow yourself to dream, you allow that part of your soul, not just dreaming nonsense. It is you. It's your soul. It's not confined in your body. That's the mushka part of you. And when you go into that part, the mushka of you, then it brings down a new highest into your nefesh. It puts you in touch with a whole new life, a whole new life force that's real, that you couldn't access from inside of your everyday reality. But it's real. You get to step into becoming a different person. And then afterwards, when, you know, you become this incredible violinist, people are well, They have, you know, they have their ways of explaining the way, okay, you're right, you were determined, you know, but it's more than determination. You allowed that part of your neshama, outside of your makas neshama, to dream, and it drew, and it touched the place of a new chayat, and it actually brought a new chayat into your life. You step into becoming a different person. So when these two words come together, chaya and mushka, as one person, one name in one person, Chaya Mushka, or in this case, it's really Mushka Chaya. It's interesting that the name is not Mushka Chaya, but it's Chaya Mushka. It's starting with your everyday reality. Chaya down here, Mushka, looking up. Instead of Mushka, your dream reality and being brought down into Chaya. It's starting from below. Chaya Mushka, right? The name of the Rebison could have easily been Mushka Chaya, no rules in this. There's a reason why she's, she's called Chayamushka and why all these girls are called Chayamushka. It starts from down here, from your basic reality, and enables you to look up outside of the confines of your everyday reality. 
So when a person has both names in one person, it's denoting the union of both in Yun together. The revelation of the Makets and the Etim of Yunushama, it's number 11. Corresponds to the 11 spices of the Kataris. And, and by the way, the 11 spices are not all considered kosher. You're really pulling on the energy from the opposite of holiness, which comes in the number 11. That's Mushka. But um, when these two names come together, you have the revelation of the market of the Nishama and comes down into into the everyday life in a pneumistic way, in an internal way, in the Ten Kaisos Pneumi. And so, it comes from the level of Yechidah Shebenefesh, as it's one with the Yachid above, Yechidah Yechidcha. It comes from the Etim Neshama, which is one with Hashem's Etim, which is higher than Makidim and higher than Pinyin. And therefore, it has the ability to put both together, all the five names of the soul, together. And that is achieved through Tyra. Because through Tyra, it's revealed that Yisrael B'Kuchibichu Kulachad were one with Hashem. Through Tyra, Tyra puts the Chassan and Kala together, Hashem and us. Tyra does it. And so Tyra, if it's going to unify the Chassan and the Kala, Hashem and us, it has to have these two different levels, Hashem and us, so to speak, these two different extreme opposites in it. And it does. Like the two levels of Tyra, of the, the Ten Commandments, and the Eleventh, the Ten and Eleven in Tyra. Anaifi is the Elevenish energy of the Asaratadivas, of the Ten Commandments. Anaifi just means the essence of Hashem. Not all the things he tells us to do and the Ten, just the details. It's who is he really? Anaifi. That's the Eleventh. And then the Ten Commandments. You put the eleven, his essence, into the Ten Commandments, and then you have it matched from below, from the world. What do you have? So you have Nigla Tyra, Chayat Nimi, Pneumis which is the scent, the secret of Tyra, and then the two together in the 22 letters of the Tyra. The two, the 22 letters of the Tyra bring together Essence of Hashem, 11, with 10 with the details of what you have to do. 22 letters, the Chafesh, Chafesh Vat, bring together fully the 11 and the 10. And when the two come together, Chaya and Mushka, then they become one thing. That the, the hidden part of Tyra and the hidden part of Unashama and the hidden part of Hashem become one and they all become revealed. Hashem becomes revealed, Tyra becomes revealed, we become revealed, everything becomes revealed, truth becomes revealed. And as it says, and to end off, as it says at the beginning of Parshish Mishpatim, Mishpatim These are the Mishpatim that you should put in front of them. Tasim, Sima, Aitzer, the treasure. Tmimisa Tyra, which is a treasure locked into a treasure chest that you're not supposed to see comes out in a way of lifnehem to their penis. It comes out, given to the people, and then they internalize it. 
and it goes into their paninias, like food that you eat. So all the deepest secrets through this come into our paninias, make us one with Hashem and powerful leaders in the world that are capable of leading the world to the Guru Amitya